This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. You let me know when you're all set up. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Is it going to be this kind of episode? Like, you're <laughs> just going to be completely unengaged? Disengaged. No, no, no. You disengage from something. Yeah. Right, that's an act. That's an. You have to be engaged to then disengage. You were never engaged. But I was disengaged after that. You see what I'm, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I was Wait, can unengaged. Can... I, I was engaged and I was not to engaged. To disengage is a verb. Disengaged is a, it's a noun. Wait, I'm a verb, right? So, okay. Let, yeah, no, so it's got to be an active... Participle, right. I understand the concept of participles. What's what the I'm, subject of that sentence? What's the subject of your sentence? There, there, or there. T-H-E-I-R-Y-R-E, apostrophe. The apostrophe, see, when you put it at the end, it actually gives it a triple meaning. Like the Oxford comma? Yeah, well, I've never been to Oxford, New York, so I'm not sure. Have you ever used a comma? Have you ever used a comma? That is, in fact, the question I just that asked. That is you. literally the question that we both asked one another on this episode of Unqualified wow. Gamers, the podcast. Do you like how I said that, even though we haven't started yet? I had a good intro. No, you introed it perfect. Did I? Perfectly? Nope. An adverb, which is what you should have used? It was actually a horrible intro is what I am used to out of you. An adverb would have been the create, correct, the creative energy juices. Mm-hmm. All right? Flow that. Flow on that. Flow me some flow f- flow. I don't want to flow in your energy juices. Is Uncle Flow in town? Hmm? What are you talking about? Are you, am I ruining your flow? You've got kind of like the, you've got like the stream of, consciousness thing going on right now right like you don't actually know what you're saying we're not streaming anything yet we're not streaming yet we're not live we're not live yet no i know we're not i know i know we're not live but chances are you're probably still recording yourself and this stream of consciousness yes i'm we're not streaming So what's really funny about episode 77 of Unqualified Gamers is that I, Cody, have started the episode while John was up shutting the door to his room. Now, I don't know if he's going to be aware that we've started the episode yet when he returns, but I want it to be a surprise. Hey, you can't sing that because it's copyrighted and we're broadcasting. I just entered the episode. Well, this is going to get pulled from YouTube now. Was that too many seconds? I don't know. Did How I do many that for too many seconds? I don't know. I don't. I honestly, literally, don't know. It's not my job, Jonathan. That is your job. That's your whole job. Your Jonathan, whole job is to know everything about the internet. You're the one Cody. that told me how to use Google Hangouts in the first place for things like. I don't think I like, did. I. That was definitely not me. For things like. I told you like, how. I told you how to Google things. For which things is like. You didn't know how to do. Episode seventy-seven of Unqualified Gamers, which we already started. Jonathan, without you, 
in which we talk about video games oh. and such. Oh, viewer, viewer and listener, hello. Mostly listener, because I, I don't think anyone's looking at your hideous face. I wouldn't. Although I did shower. My hair is clean and soft. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't shower very today. Soft. That, it can be okay. If it's not, like, disgustingly hot outside. Well, I shower after I do DDP yoga, because otherwise I stick to my couch, and my bed is covered in salt from my sweat. So that should never be a situation you find yourself in? Right, so I shower at night, and then when I wake up, I'm late to work, running late to work, because I don't like, I'm not a morning person. And sure. so I just I just put gel in my hair because I showered the night before. It's like a twelve hour. No, I noticed because you roll into work at like ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, look beyond that. Um, uh, today we're going to talk. Well, I'm going to talk about Shovel Knight. I know if that's okay with you. I also kind of want to talk about Shovel Knight. So we'll talk about Shovel Knight a bit. Um, and I have literally nothing else to say unless unless you have other things to talk. About to preview, you're gonna update us on the four job fiesta, correct? Mm-hmm. The, fi- the Final Fantasy wish... Five Four. Yeah, sure. I can give the kind of the final update before hopefully the end next week. Cool, great. And we're done next week, and we're gonna get to all of that um, after we talk about our weekends. Unless there's anything else you would like to tease. The, uh, nope. Okay. Great. Great. I'm Maybe not a it'll bully. be. I don't what? tease anybody. That's rude. Maybe. This episode will go shorter than two hours. That would be nice for once in my life. That would be nice for once. All right, well, cool. So how was your weekend? Since we always start with you because you think that you're a woman and ladies first applies to you. I don't know if we always start with me. Uh, We pretty much always start with you because you think you're more important than I am. That's an objective fact. So uh, this past weekend was July 4th, the year... uh, or the holiday that celebrates the birth of Jesus. Um, and it was excellent. You know, my family came into town, um, and so we got to visit with them, and they got to see Max. It's a little stressful because we're not at home right now, so they actually stayed over at my mother-in-law's house where we're at right now. Um, so that was good. It was a kind of a full house. Um, on the actual July 4th day... It was like 75 or 80 degrees out for the majority of the day. It was sunny for the majority of the day. And from 8 to 12 in the morning, we went and um, went on a pontoon. We rented a pontoon boat and just went out there and ate like brunch that people had prepared, drank a bunch and just boated around. And it was really, really fun. But the night before I had gotten uh, accidental drunk. Have you ever gotten accidental drunk? Um, Explain. So it's like where um, you're drinking socially, um, and you you probably drink socially for too long. Like the issue is probably you have gone too long in a social drinking situation, and you were not paying attention to how much you were consuming. And then after you've been visiting with whoever it is that you're visiting with or playing games or whatever for three, four hours, you like get up to go to bed. You're like, holy shit, I can't walk straight. That was kind of the situation I found myself in. And so I didn't sleep terribly well the night before the 4th. And so we we were on the boat from 8 to to noon, and I was kind of hungover in the morning, just a little bit. So then we came home, and I took a three-hour nap, which was glorious. It made 
the 4th of July amazing because then we woke up and just ate some more and drank some more, which is kind of what you do when you get together on holidays. Sure. Um, and that, and that was kind of the, kind of the, the weekend. It was hanging out with the folks, visiting, trying to set up more contractors for the house. Unfortunately at the moment, um, like the, the contractors, they were off for the fourth. I didn't get kind of get it. I couldn't get anybody to return phone calls or anything. Um, uh, and so that was kind of at a, a standstill as it were. I've got about three people I still need to hire to do various things. Um, flooring, cement stuff. Um, and then one other thing. And, uh, as soon, I feel like it's, it's just frustrating at the moment because I just feel like I'm still spinning my wheels because I don't have anybody hired right now but I just feel like if I can get somebody if I can give somebody money and say here just take this money take this money because then I know that some like work is getting done to the house but right now I haven't given anybody money so I just I don't know like I there's no work getting done to the house and that is frustrating now uh, and I wanted to point out that almost exactly two minutes ago you meant to say with whomever not with whoever so you were wrong about that. That was almost exactly two minutes ago, if you, if you check that. Um, well, so is the black mold all huh? cleared out? Is your, is your like, the danger is gone, right? Yes, the black mold is cleared out. Um, the The problem is, is that we've just got clutter everywhere in the house. A lot of it's upstairs where we need to, where we want to be. Um, oh, because you had to remove everything from the basement, so there's a bunch of extra furniture sitting around upstairs. Everywhere, yeah, just everywhere. So, okay. and so it's, so it's, you can't it's move back the yet. house is exactly the house is currently uninhabitable. Um, it could be habitable if we moved some stuff around upstairs and kind of put it in other places. However, we're getting some work done to the floor upstairs as well, and so because we're getting work done to the floor upstairs, we're just staying out of the house until that part is done. So my biggest priority right now for the house is to get stuff done upstairs so we can move back in and then we're just going to kind of treat it as an upper level apartment for a while until I can get the downstairs completed yikes but for the most part the weekend was very good it was nice to see the family and um that was that well uh I'm glad that you oh and a family. lot of food just a lot of food eaten like and not good for you food just great awesome bad for you food very good stuff those are good foods to have Yep. So how was yours, Cody Goff, co-host? Uh, did we already intro ourselves? Thanks for asking, Jonathan Martin, the other half of this podcast of which I am one half. Yep. How'd you like that intro? It's pretty snazzy, it's so huh? So smooth. It's seamless. Smooth as butter. Thank seamless. you. Seamless. Thank you. Uh, I went to Rockford, our hometown, for the, for Independence Day. Uh, spoiler alert. This isn't a spoiler. The fireworks display in Rockford, at least for years and years, was run by the same guy. And it's a guy that really likes fireworks a lot. And they're really good. Like, better than Chicago good. In fact... Yeah, it's a really good show. That's one of the... I don't know, one of the... That may be the only thing good about Rockford. (laughs) Beefaroo. Yeah, I I don't know. What is wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with Beefaroo, but, like, is that, like, a... Look, if your claim to fame in a, in a city is a fast food restaurant, like, that's... 
look, that's not that's not that big of a deal. I mean, there are better right? things. We're to- talking about the city. We're talking about the city that nominated Taco Bell as the best Mexican restaurant in the city, and it won. Yeah, right. Right. Not only was it nominated, it in fact won that award. Okay, so for those of you listening who have never been to Rockford, which is actually probably the majority of you, there is I a hope, fast. I hope you haven't had to go there. I hope there is a fast food chain based in Rockford called Beef Aru, which probably sounds stupid to you because you've never been there. But to John and myself, it sounds perfectly normal because we grew up with Beef Aru. Beef Aru is really good. They have the best beef and cheddar sandwiches I've ever had. They have their own proprietary seasoned salt, which is phenomenal. And they have cheddar fries that are really, really good. And it's just so good. However, if you're in Southern California and you're in or you're in Chicago, uh, Portillo's is far superior to anything Beefaroo ever had. You lie! You are no, Portillo- wrong! You are no, wrong! No, I'm not wrong at all. You are so Portillo's wrong. is far superior. There's I cannot believe we are even having this discussion. What is wrong with you? What is, Portillo's literally what is, is wrong with you? Oh my god, I cannot believe we're even having this discussion. Portillo's you are garbage. Is, you are garbage. You Period. are so wrong. Beefaroo also has the best milkshakes, and I've had, I used to work two blocks from Portillo's in Chicago, and Beefaroo is far superior to Portillo's, especially in price, but definitely in flavor and taste. Beefaroo, no if you're ever in the greater Rockford area, Belvedere, any of those areas, go to Beefaroo. If you're ever driving down 90 and you're going through that area and you see any signs for Beefaroo, go there, and I guarantee you, you will love it. More than Portillo's, which, really? Portillo's? I again, I can't believe we're having this discussion. I'm not even going to argue with you about this because you're you're just it's you're so wrong. Yes, Portillo's, anything spicy that they make there. Oh my god, that place. Mm. That's fine. Beefaroo is fine. It's fine. But again, Rockford is a pit because its claim to fame is a fast food restaurant. You're still the worst, and Beefaroo is way better than In-N-Out Burger. Yeah, I'm going to throw that out there for all you West Coasters. I'm sorry, I've had In-N-Out Burger like eight times. Nothing, and yes, I've had the secret menu, which is on the internet, so it's not secret geniuses. Uh, Beefaroo is way, way better than In and Out Burger. Got some fast food hostility on this podcast. If they were across the street from one another, I would go to Beefaroo nine times out of ten. I'm not saying In and Out Burger is even bad, it's not bad, but it's nothing compared to Beefaroo. It's so good. There are people that go off to college, and they specifically go back to Rockford not to see their families, but to go to Beefaroo, which should tell you something about Rockford. That's, that's stupid. Yeah, that's that's actually true. That's true. So you were in Rockford. Yeah, so I, I was in Rockford. I saw the super awesome Eating Beefaroo, presumably, every I, day. I, I ate Beefaroo. I'm on a health food kick, so I only went to Beefaroo once, and uh, it was delicious. It Basically changed my life, as always. And um, saw the gigantic fireworks display, which was phenomenal, and that was pretty much it. It almost sounds like it was a spiritual... It almost sounds like Beefaroo is a spiritual place for you. It is for those who almost. don't go regularly. And I, I don't because okay. there's none in Chicago. But um, And concurrently, actually yesterday I finished uh, week three... So I finished my third week of DDP Yoga. DDP Yoga has three 13-week tracks, right? All right, three 13-week tracks. There's beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I started with week two, if intermediate, because I didn't want to do beginner. 
And the first six weeks of intermediate, you only exercise three days a week with an optional fourth. Beyond week six of intermediate, you go on to four days a week. And I didn't want to throw that time commitment in there that quickly. So anyway, I've done weeks two, three, and four, including the optional day of DDP yoga. I start week five either after we're done recording or tomorrow. It's kind of optional for me. And it's going really well. I've been eating super healthy. I've been shopping at Trader Joe's. Buying vegetables, like lots of vegetables, and like fresh and fresh. I've been eating a lot of meat and vegetables. I've I've kind of inadvertently been doing the uh, uh, plutonium diet. What's it called? The pl- platonic diet. Pl- no, plutonium's right. Yeah, the platonic the, plutonium diet. The prehistoric diet. The yeah, that's that's close. You're getting there. The uh, I think the plutonium diet was better though. The um, paleolithic diet. The paleo diet. That's it. You did it. Paleo. So paleo refers to diet a diet where it, wherein you eat things only eaten by humans, presumably, be during the paleolithic fifty thousand years ago, before inventions were invented, right? So people so weren't r- harvest- rocks and dinosaurs. Rocks, dinosaurs. You're eating. You're eating rock dinosaurs. So before people were harvesting grain and. Uh, um, things like that. So basically, it's fruits, vegetables, and meat. No, like bread or gluten products, really. It's been like I'm not. I'm not real. Like I'm avoiding carbs whenever possible. Like I'm not eating a lot of pasta or bread or whatever. But I, you know, I went to our friend Blake's a couple weeks ago, and I had buffalo meat, and I had a buffalo burger, and I ate the bun. Like I don't care if I have a bun here or there. But so kind of inadvertently, I've fallen into this uh, paleo diet. And it I've definitely lost weight and become way more flexible in the last three weeks from sticking to the program. And it, I feel really good. So it's great. I highly recommend DDP yoga to anybody who wants so to get into any double, better shape. Double penetration yoga. Or yeah, double, quad, double penetration yoga. Uh, or quad penetration yoga. Diamond Dallas Page, DDP yoga, uh... And you can even just buy the beginner DVDs, but the the beauty is it's only like twenty five to thirty minutes tops per DVD, and you only do it three days a week. So the time commitment is very low; it's just very high intensity. Just and buy it's it. legitimate yoga, right? I mean, it's not like it's when you say high intensity, it's not high intensity like lifting weights, high intensity. It's no high zero intensity weights, like stretching, high intensity. Yeah, they they use a thing called dynamic resistance. So basically, there's a move where you like you like stick your arm out and you just basically flex every muscle in your arm, and you like tighten all the muscles in your legs and you're doing push-ups and things. So you're kind of creating your own resistance, and there are no weights involved. So all you need is a yoga mat and like water, so you don't dehydrate. But it's it really is great. It really is great. I've had a lot more energy. Um, it's good. It's good. So highly recommend. You. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. So anyway, enough about us. Let's talk about video games. You want to do that? I agree. I agree. Because it was a a weekend off of work, I actually had time to play video games. You were nice enough to gift me Shovel Knight, which I was super excited about because I wasn't ready to commit any dollars to that, especially with everything going on at the moment. I kind of can't really commit dollars to anything right now. (laughs) You needed a break. You needed a break. You deserved a break. Yeah, and so I immediately downloaded that on my 100 kilobyte per second connection, which took, I think, overnight. Uh, Good. Um, or, or it might have taken an entire afternoon. I don't remember. I just remember that I, I was like, well, I have to start this download now right away because otherwise I'm never going to get to play this game. Um, and 
as soon as I had a free moment, I booted it up. And I know at this point you have an entire Let's Play of the game up on our YouTube channel. Is that correct? Yes, I played the entire game. Okay, so that should speak to how you felt about the game because you at least enjoyed it enough to finish it. Yeah. So uh, my first impressions are that it is a 2D side-scroller game uh, very much in the vein of, of... To me, it is more like Mega Man than any other game, I think. Um, but it's got some elements of lots of different old-school 8-bit side-scrollers. Um, it's got a world map very reminiscent of, like, Super Mario... Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, it has a level design, again, that is very much like Mega Man, in my opinion. That's the closest, I think, to any other game. Um, and then it's got a, a town structure that is like uh, Legend of Zelda... Adventures of Adventure of Link, right? Zelda Two, yeah. Yep, and that that's kind of the to me that's kind of the mix of games that I get out of it. So it's it's the least Legend of Zelda, like it just borrows that town structure. That's it from that game. Yeah, I guess. Um, oh well, and the sword. I mean, your weapon. The entire sure, premise of okay. combat. I mean, Mega Man, you shoot things. Mario, you jump on things so there's a little bit yeah. of that more ducktails really yeah because you you you're because you have a shovel so spoilers uh, it's called shovel knight and you are a knight with a shovel oh my um, god you ruined it for everybody john yep and your your shovel has a couple of different functions it can melee attack which you can do with a shovel um it can dig things, which is a standard uh, shovel function. So, like, there will be piles of loot that you can dig and get lots of money from, which you can then use to buy things later. Um, and then you can jump on enemies with your shovel pointing down like a pogo stick and jump higher off of them. And keep in mind, we're talking, like, very 8-bit, old-school graphics. I mean, it looks it looks like it could have been made on a Nintendo entertainment system. Like, very much so. Um, but everything in the game is just... Everything's really tight. The controls are really tight. Um, the level design is awesome. Um, it is... V like, the reason why it's so reminiscent of a Mega Man game to me in terms of level design is because if you remember old Mega Man games, the way that it kind of worked is, you know, you'd, you'd have your level selected, you'd have eight different robots that you could choose from to fight. And every robot had a specific theme themed level that was you know very 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 like relevant to that robot's theme so like frogman had frogman in in mega man 3 had four. a it was 3 4 sorry frogman in mega man 4 had a a very like rainy wet level um that you would assume a you know and and a you'd find a frog on or, or something. And there were like slippery areas. There was, there was water flowing everywhere that could like push you around and stuff. Like there was like a sewer almost, I think in part of the level. Um, Snake Man had a bunch of snakes in Mega Man three everywhere. Everything looked very leathery. Um, and in this game, you'll have like, like if, up to the point that I've played, I've played about four main levels now. Um, 
each level has a knight at the end of it. Um, K-N-I-G-H-T. Yes. You'll have like a, uh, like the plague knight, which is the level that I just completed. Um, His level is uh, like a, a, a laboratory with a bunch of like potions everywhere. Which that's like half of his level, um, or cauldrons that are spitting fire everywhere. Um, the, the I can't remember the knight in the second level. Like he's, he wasn't the death knight. Uh, Specter knight. Dark. Specter knight. His was a graveyard, and there were ghosts everywhere, and the lights would occasionally turn out. Which in Mega Man games there were levels where that kind of thing would happen, where everything would go black, and you'd only be able to see Mega Man. The lights would come up. You'd have to figure out where you'd be jumping. Um, which is a mechanic I don't particularly care for, but that doesn't matter. It, it just it the level design is to me just so reminiscent of Mega Man, and I love that because I loved Mega Man games. So um, yeah, the the general structure of the game is you go to these levels, you go through the whole level. There's a boss fight at the end that are all relatively challenging or have been so far. You beat the boss and then you're done with the level, and there's a very loose story that story being um, you were really good friends with this other knight who got kidnapped and now it is up to you to save her it was shield knight and so that is what you're given and you have to go kill these knights in various areas because that will help you get shield knight back yeah I mean that pretty much sums up the game yeah the, the, I mean the the game is the gameplay like the story doesn't matter but the gameplay is so tight um, that it's just it's been really really good so far I've very much been enjoying it so tell me your thoughts on it I obviously agree with everything you said because it's very fact based in every stage there is kind of a hidden treasure chest or kind of off in a separate room where you there's and well there's not just one hidden stuff in these levels i mean there's that's another great thing about the game is there's so much every level basically requires exploration yeah there are a ton of walls that you can hit with your shovel to open up new areas uh some have new areas and some have just like a treasure chest and Often like a majority of a, a majority of the time, you find just money, lots of money, uh, or a, a musical sh- uh, sheet music. There is a right. bard in the first town who has lost thirty six pieces of music, and you have to find them in the levels. So there are thirty six of those floating around. So that's like an additional side quest that's incorporated into all of these levels. Uh, sometimes they're easier to get with certain items than others. Um, now, like Mega Man, you get well, more like Castlevania. Really, you get several different, like a hybrid of the two. You get a sub weapon in certain in every level. So anytime you go to a castle to fight a knight, there's a sub weapon that you can find in a hidden room. I think one or two times it's not hidden, but generally it's hidden. It's like the first. And one. they actually go into an inventory, so you can once you get a sub weapon, you can select them at any time, which is kind of cool. Right. Here's how bad I am at video games. I didn't realize that until after I beat the game. Are you kidding me? I didn't know that you could hit select, go into your inventory, and select a weapon you had already obtained. Holy crap. So that's how good I am at video games. <laughs> Meaning I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> so I thought you just got a new item and then you had to either go back to the level or or find the sales guy in the town and buy it back from him. I was wrong. I was very you were wrong. wrong. I was very wrong. Yeah. Uh, but there are all those items that, uh, like you mentioned, you can use in different situations. Some help your movement. Some are like the axe from Castlevania or like the dagger from Castlevania. Nothing feels ripped off, really. I don't think it all. It all feels pretty unique or pretty standard. You know, you've got the projectile that shoots straight forward. You've got the one that throws up in an arc. You've got a, a fishing pole that you can fish into. Well, I don't want to ruin anything that you haven't gotten to. But there's a lot of different ones. You can fish in pits, you can, and you can pull out fish. Right, you can fish in pits essentially. So um, there's there's just a lot of different functionality there. And in the second town, sorry, I tazandade, went away from the mic to clear my throat. Mm-hmm. In the, uh, well, in the second town, then there are other further upgrades that you can get that are a bit maybe I guess more Zelda two esque that I also won't spoil for John. But it borrows it borrow it does borrow very heavily from many other games, but it never ever in the entire game felt to me like anything was copied like directly or ripped off or anything like that these all feel like anything that you would find in an nes game and sometimes they're they are incorporated in one way sometimes they're incorporated in another way star tropics had an inventory system um, the Castlevania games had sub weapons. Mega Man, you had an inventory. Like right. all these games have those things, and Shovel Knight somehow successfully continues that tradition of doing some things that you could draw parallels to many eight bit games. But it is it is incredibly distinct the way that it's done. And I, I did uh, I didn't I didn't read much at all about this game before it came out. You knew it was a Kickstarter, right? Right. Right. So there's actually some. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was going to say there's some really interesting it's 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 an it's an homage to these 8-bit games that we're talking about, but there are some really clever uh examples of like modern game design in the game um that it still it still feels retro, but if you like think about some of the things that they do in the game, you're like this is not something that that they did back in the 80s and 90s when these games were were available. For instance, um, there are enemies where when you when you hit them, sh- like you have to hit them twice. For instance, there's like a slime enemy, and Shovel Knight gets pushed back a tiny bit when he hits this slime, which is unlike other enemies in the game where when you hit them, you aren't pushed back. And so, if you are next to a pit, and you try to hit a slime, you'll be pushed back into the pit. Which is something you've, you learn very quickly, because slimes are some of the first the first enemies that you get in the game. Um, but, just like that subtlety of, of movement, that kind of thing wasn't in games back then. It was like, if you got hit you moved back but there weren't you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely My yeah favorite... and so oh, go ahead and so there's just some there's way more subtlety to the game there's far more mechanics than they had available back then because game design has come so much further yeah, my favorite example of the kind of modern game design is they have checkpoints in the levels which 
almost all modern games do. No one likes... I mean, Mega Man had that, sure. But these are visible, tangible checkpoints. And I say tangible because you can interact with them. You can destroy them if you want to. So when you get to a checkpoint... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it's in the form of an orb. If you attack the orb, you can destroy it, and it gives you gems, which increases the amount of money you have substantially. But then the checkpoint You lose is, your checkpoint? You lose your checkpoint. That's interesting. I didn't even know you could do that. Right? And that's, like, such a cool thing is there's so much to discover in this game. Like, if I hit the select button, I actually have an inventory. Well, who knew? But things like that. And, yeah, if you destroy it, so if you think the game is way too easy, you can just destroy every checkpoint in the level and be like, oh, well, I guess I can meet this level without any checkpoints. Or you can destroy a couple of them. Or you could destroy one of them. You know, depending on, like, oh, what that's part... that's crazy. I know. So it's a very, like kind of flexible difficulty level. Yeah, they don't explain that to you anywhere. Yeah, and the achievements reflect some of that. So when I beat the game, I looked at the feats that you could do. I think there are about 50. And of course, we're both playing on Steam. So these are Steam achievements oftentimes as well. And uh, there are ones like clear level after destroying every checkpoint. Or clear level and don't pick up any money, I think, is one. Clear level without taking damage. Things things that you would see other places. Uh, Beat a boss with... Uh, you know, with full health and things like that. So there's a lot of little challenges as well, which is inherent to modern game design, which are incorporated into this game and adds that extra layer of replayability and challenge so that this game, like, I'm not very good at the game. I died, you can see me on the Let's Play. I died like 15 or 20 times on a couple of the last levels. Like, I die a lot. Uh... So, but I beat it. So I was good enough to, like, you know, where the point where you just replay something a bunch of times until you beat it, which is just like every 8-bit video game you can think of. It's like if a level is right. too hard in Mega Man, you play it and you play it and play it, and then after, like, four or five continues, you beat it. There you go. Um, and and there's, a, there's kind of an interesting death mechanic in the game that draws from Dark Souls, of all things. I didn't even where know where that was you, from. Yeah, where when you die... Uh, some of your money starts floating in the air and you have to get back there to the spot where you died to claim that money. Just like in Dark Souls when you die and your souls would be on the ground. And you'd have to get back there before you died again or your souls would be lost. I did not know that was from Dark Souls. I I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't know if that's what they said to themselves. I don't know if they said, hey, let's, let's take that Dark Souls mechanic. That'd be really interesting to put in a 2D platformer. I just... That is like the direct comparison to me when I see what they're doing. Sure, that makes sense. So, yeah, there are all these subtle things and all these cool things just layered into the game. And, uh, again, all the levels are themed. Um, the checkpoint deal is really cool. Um, I do want to address... So, we're playing it on Steam, and it's on the Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS. And they have Street Pass features for the Nintendo 3DS... I'm not even sure what they are. Um, I specifically bought it on Steam because I knew I wanted to stream it. And that's why I did that. So uh, my computer, I don't currently have a setup where I can run a console through my PC to stream. And I didn't know, I didn't plan on doing a Let's Play until I started recording and just realized it was fun. And I was like, well, why not throw up the whole video? So it's it's there if you want to check it out. 
um, it's not super particularly interesting, but I don't know that most Let's Play videos are. Uh, probably is marginally funny watching me really die a lot uh, starting a little over an hour into the game. But uh, but that's why I bought it. So um, apparently I'm missing out on even some features that the 3DS version and the Wii U version have that I'm not even aware of, uh, presumably uh, primarily the Street Pass, but they still feature... To, to be fair, did you feel like you were missing anything when you I didn't feel game? like I was missing anything. I'm just saying okay, there, so there, there may be some additional bonus things, and I, I, I didn't mean to slight Nintendo by, by buying it on Steam. That It was just a hardware restriction for me. Um, but yeah, uh, echoing everything you said, it plays very smoothly, and there are so many different options. There's even a New Game Plus, and if you play New Game Plus, then it is harder... You do start with all of your items and inventory and extra health and magic and things, but it is markedly more difficult to the point where I think Take I... Take more stuff in the levels type thing? Um, le- there's... It's, as far as... I've only played a couple levels or maybe even... I think I've only played one level a couple times, but they replace all the food with bombs so you don't get any food. So okay. you can't replenish your health and there are fewer checkpoints. I think when I... Okay. I played level one. There were two checkpoints. And then when I went back to normal mode to play level one, there were four or five. So fewer checkpoints, less health to heal. Um, And I'm I'm not sure beyond that. But you do get that new game plus option. And apparently there are also cheat codes. Apparently, depending on what you enter as your name and your save file, it can trigger certain things when you start a new game. Um, So that was shared with me, and that's kind of cool. That's and that's totally an old school thing. Totally an old school right? thing. I mean, that draws that that harkens all the way back to the the original Legend of Zelda, where if you entered your character name as Zelda, you'd go on the second quest. Yeah, and there's like a hundred different mean, names. This this harkens right. back to like Game Genie. Yeah. So that's really cool, and the final boss fight is a blast. It is exactly what a final boss fight should be. It is. It's perfect. It's one of those where. There is a great deal of precision and skill involved. You have to be really good at it to beat it, and it's never unfair. I have I have never right. once did I die in the game and ever think to myself, that wasn't fair. Every time I knew that it was my fault. Every single time. And that was cool. Yeah, Especially absolutely. In a, in, a, in a 2D platformer, that's, like, that's an important thing to have to be a good 2D platformer. Like, you don't, you don't want that game type to feel unfair at all. Right. So, with that said, and all the uh, kind of... What's what's the what's the mathematical side of the brain? The left brain or the light, right brain? I always forget this. The analytical, like, mathematical side versus the creative side? The... The left side of the brain, which controls the right side of the body, is the mathematical part. All right, so that there's our left brain analysis, if we're even saying that right. We're not qualified to talk about brains, apparently, so there's that. The more creative, uh, expressive part of my brain, which the gamer in me that needs to use hyperbole, this is my game of the year so far. 10 out of 10, it is a masterpiece. It's just because it's so much fun to play. It is just, It is just fun. It's a fun game. I feel like right? in, in terms of what the, it's, you know, I think it's, I honestly didn't think much about this because I don't play many, but I love platformers and you don't see them these yeah. days. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Nintendo makes their occasional 
2D platformer, and they're always good, they're always solid, but they oftentimes don't do anything to kind of push the genre forward at all. Well, in in cases like New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, great game, can be very difficult at times, but it, yeah, it doesn't feel fresh, which is ironic. Which, yeah. Used to say about, you know, an 8-bit throwback. But I also read an interview with developer, the developers of this game, and they mentioned, you know, we don't want... We're going to borrow and we're going to kind of throw back to this genre, but this isn't the kind of game where you're going to be talking to people and they're going to be saying, it's dangerous to go alone, take this. Or, I am error, and things like that. Like, they are calling... They wanted it less on the nose, is what you're saying? Well, th- yeah, they wanted to call back to that era while not getting trapped in self-referentialness. Like, they right. didn't want it... They wanted it to be so accessible that, like, anybody can play it. And I, I believe anybody can play it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love the Mario games, but the... Um, yeah, I don't know why I don't play them more as, as platformers. That's another conversation and something I have to think about, but... Mega Man games. I grew up playing Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 5 constantly. Constantly. Um, those were my favorite NES games. I think Mega Man 5 was definitely my favorite NES game forever. And I think mm-hmm. because the gameplay is tight and really feels a lot like that in a lot of ways with the bosses having specific movement patterns and things like that. Um, certain surprises here and there along the way that are really just fun. Little mini bosses in certain levels. Like... That is perfect for me. And I think in terms of what they were going for, in terms of it feeling like a fresh, new, 8-bit game that doesn't rehash anything, but instead delivers almost everything in a brand new way and is flexible in game design to where there is a huge range of the amount of challenge you can get from the game while still feeling like very native to the game. Like It's not like, a, oh, I can make this game harder by playing blindfolded. Not that kind of a thing. All native to the game. Like legitimately i feel like this is one of the most perfect games i have ever played and i it, it is the clear front runner for game of the year for me so far like that's how ridiculous i love this game but there's the hyperbolist in me and you sure. and i remember the one game on both of our game of the year lists last year we each had five games of the year the one game john and i both had was rogue legacy which is also a platform which which was a platformer, and man, that game is really good. It is really good. So, uh, you know, this game also is in a lot of ways like Rogue Legacy. So, um, I know that's the gamer in me just being like, oh, it's the best, 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 and, like, there have been some really great games. Like, I love Mario Kart 8. Phenomenal game. Loved uh, Lightning Returns Final Fantasy XIII. There are lots of other things we've played, but for me, Shovel Knight just scratches that platformer itch. And it's it's just it's that game where if if I were still in school, like high school or middle school, this is the game I would come home to and play every day for weeks. And the story is it's what only I about like five a, and a half hours. What I like about it in in my current situation is that it's it's got a great. I can jump in. There's no. I don't have to like sit down and get myself invested in anything it's like all right get in play a level and then get done um which can you know take anywhere from 20 to like 15 to two minutes like a half an hour um and so that's really nice because when i don't have a ton of time like it's 
good to be able to feel like you're making progress that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually like I actually like the world map system, the kind of system they have set up to pick those levels um, and to get through the levels that way. I I enjoy that quite a bit. I will say, my on first blush, and I texted you this, the levels felt very long to me for a platformer game, and maybe it was because I was immediately making that comparison to Mega Man, where the levels weren't that long. Um, but then once I kind of settled in and realized that Shovel Knight isn't... It's it's more than just a clone of any of these games. It is a... It is a... It is something more than those games. Or, or it's just something... It is something different than those games. Once I realized that, it's like, okay... Like, that's not... They're not quite going for just a Mega Man level. They're going for more than that. And then once I kind of got that through my head, I was like, okay, actually these levels are perfect. Like, these levels... This is this is a great length for what they're going for here. And they break it up by anywhere from four to six uh, checkpoints, which is a ton. It's yeah. a ton of checkpoints compared to Mega Man, which had one. Mega Man was always one checkpoint in the middle of the level and then the boss, the boss robot. Yeah, one or two, maybe, in a couple of the Mega Man games, but for the most part, yeah. Maybe in the, late, maybe in the later ones, but all of the earlier Mega Man games had just one checkpoint. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the levels are definitely heftier. Yeah, like 15 to 30 minutes. But I think that gives you the value that you want. And the levels never feel repetitive to me. I don't feel like there's a lot of waiting. No, the levels are so varied in the game. Like, they they are wildly different. They use so many... They use basically all of the mechanics you can think of from side-scrolling games of our childhood, though. Like, they're all there. Yeah, pretty Um, much. And just in various in various forms, so that's kind of fun to see. Um, and the music is is chip tuny and so far awesome. Like I, the only track I haven't liked has been the Plague Knight Castle track. Right. Everything else has been awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it is just it's the the perfect eight bit game for 2014. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, it feels like, really good. Yeah, I know. I I go. Again, in the hyperbole mode, but by God, what a good game. And it's so cool to see on Steam and Nintendo. Isn't that kind of odd? That's rare. Yeah. It's very rare. Yeah, that's very, very, very rare. That's um, very uncommon. I believe... Did I just read it's coming to... No, Rogue Legacy is coming to PlayStation 4. Right. So that's what I was thinking, but that's kind of funny. Right. But the other thing with, is... With cross-buy... So, the, the Rogue Legacy has cross-buy. What's cross-buy? So, um, so cross-buy is something that PlayStation does... Okay, I need to take a break for a moment. No problem. Actually, I think I know... Isn't Yeah, I think I know what cross-buy is. I think cross-buy... I'll explain it. I'll explain it in a second. I'll let him explain it in a second. So, I'll, I'll talk about, actually, Shovel Knight's, um, uh, I guess, price point. So, Shovel Knight is... It, on Steam, it's $15. Right, that's that's pretty good. That's not bad, and a lot of people you might think to yourself, "Well, I'll just wait for it to go on sale and then buy it when it's ten dollars or eight dollars, or if it goes the way of Rogue Legacy, a dollar or two, pretty much all the time." Well, I read an interview with the developers, and because it because the game 
because the game far exceeded its Kickstarter goal, it met a ton of stretch goals. And this this one particular interview I read with the developer, and I'm sorry I can't remember who uh, who it was with. It might have been Polygon or GameSpot. Um, the developer said, "We plan on releasing uh, this new pack in like you know a month or so, and that'll be absolutely free to everybody that owns the game." And the way they want to continue marketing the game is instead of reducing the price, they're going to add value to the game. So if you buy the game a year from now, it's going to have like three times as many features as the current game has. Like they're we're talking Shovel Knight still. Yeah, Sorry. Shovel Knight still. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So and I'm, I'm just talking about how their pricing system is a little different because their claim is this is going to be a $15 game on Steam. That's the end of the story. But we're going to add content every couple months so that it becomes more of a value over time as opposed to reducing the price in sales. Now, whether that happens or not is you know yet to be seen. But the couple of the stretch goals were one is a gender, gender swap mode. You can make Shovel Knight a girl and the love interest a guy. You can uh, – they, they – they claimed they eventually wanted so you can swap the gender of every character, which, I mean, if you're into that, that's cool or whatever. I, I thought it was a non-issue. Um, I mean, it's an 8-bit game, so whatever. Uh, they are going to, I think, add extra levels, possibly extra weapons or, like, challenges or things like that. So there, there's a lot that this game is going to offer, and that's super cool, too. And so, like, one of our friends, our friend John, was like, oh, I'm going to get it when it goes on sale. And I was just like, dude, just buy it now. It's really good. It's worth it. It's only $10 in Russia, which is annoying to me. Uh, and uh, and I was just like, they're going to add content. It's going to be so cool. And in six months, if I, if I don't play the game for a while, I can pick it up, and there's going to be a bunch of brand new stuff. Like, how cool is that? That you didn't have to pay for, which exactly, is great. which is super cool. So, so cross-buy, again, something that, um, that Sony does – uh, with a lot of their stuff is if you buy it off of the PlayStation Store, you get access to both the Vita version and the PlayStation version. So the version on the big screen TV. Right, I did know that. Which is awesome. Um, and good, and good. It shows loyalty to your customers who have bought two of your systems, right? So I, th- like, I think Nintendo probably needs to get with the times and offer cross-buy with their games because to my knowledge they do not they do not offer that but if people are buying the 3ds i mean we know we know that the wii u has ds technology on it now because you can now get ds virtual console games on your wii u so we know that the technology is there like they should they should offer cross buy between the two well they could, but I'm going to drop 30 or 40 bucks on Smash Brothers on the DS, and then I'm going to drop 60 bucks on Smash Brothers Wii U. So they just got 100 bucks, and I but, have a feeling I'm not the only one. Right, but those are different. The, those are different products. Barely, so, barely. Th- there's a completely different mode in Smash Brothers for the 3DS that's not even available on the Wii U, or at least hasn't been announced yet. But they even look different. I mean, the graphical style is completely different. I'm talking about the exact same game. Yeah, I like mean, Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy is the same on the PlayStation Three, the PlayStation Four, and the Vita. It's the same across all th- all three of those platforms, and so you should only have to buy that one time. That would be. I mean, it would be like me having to buy a new version of a game for every PC that I owned for Steam. That's silly. I don't know that the Nintendo 3DS has 
hardware that would support that. Because the Vita is a powerful device. I, it's not a hardware issue. I promise it's not a hardware issue. It's a it's a back it's a back end issue. It's probably something that they could enable with work. Like they probably don't have the ability to enable they probably don't have your Nintendo accounts. In fact, I don't know for sure, but what I'm guessing is that the 3DS account and the Wii U account are like different in the Nintendo system in their cloud. No, their not servers. anymore. It's the same now. It's synced because I had so, to, so I had to then, sync it. Then it should be even easier to offer that particular service of cross of cross buy. Well, maybe they're working on it. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so because there are other companies that are already doing it, and so it makes them look antiquated to not offer it. Yeah. Well, if every other company jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? How does a company jump off a bridge? I don't know. It's a perfect argument, though, because you couldn't argue against it. Oh, I certainly wouldn't jump off a bridge. I guess you have me there. Right. So, all I'm saying, everybody's got their reasons for doing whatever. I'm not going to pretend to know any of it. We're unqualified, John. We're not supposed to be speculating on stuff like that. The The reason is obvious. The reason is to get more money, which is fine. Like, that's a, it's a conscious decision to get more money if people want to buy both versions. Or maybe they're not thinking about it. Okay. I'm just saying, I work in marketing. As a, as a consumer, can I request you think about it then? I'm in marketing, all right? I work at an agency for lots of different clients. And I promise you, just because Heinz is doing something really cool doesn't mean that ketchup brand over Hunts. here is like... oh, Hunts. Hunts, sure. Doesn't mean that no. Hunts is looking at it and being like, oh, they have buy one, get one free. Let's do buy one, get one free as well. Like, that's not how any businesses work. Like, they, they just, there's only so much you know about your competitors. And even if it's, like, a common consumer-facing thing that you know about, like, they don't know how it's facilitated on the back end. They don't know uh, how it's d- deployed, whether it's actually costing them money or not, like, any of that stuff. It's all very complicated and convoluted, frankly. Um, but... Often, more often than not, um, companies know little to nothing about what their competition is doing or how, even if it's consumer products. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Again, I'm unqualified. This is Unqualified Gamers. Hi, thanks for joining us if you're just joining. But um, Okay, but then as a, as a consumer then, can I make a request then that they do think about it? That they, that they think about having, having cross-buy since there are other companies that do that? I mean, sure. That's cool. That's all I'm asking. I'm fine with that. Figure it out. Figure it out. I mean, Sony and um, Microsoft had disc-based systems. Well, I guess Sony first. Sony had PlayStation and Nintendo stayed on cartridges. It's like, you know, all different things. I'm just saying, like, I don't know why companies do things. It's very complicated, and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just like video games. If a company is like hey i'm gonna give you something cheaper or free i'll be like cool if not i'm you know whatever i don't know i won't buy it if i can't afford it that's my take so you have speaking of classic gaming are you ready to give an update on the final fantasy four job the final fantasy five fiesta yeah before i give you an update on that i'll just say i have started playing borderlands 2 again like a lot um and I, I don't remember if I mentioned that on the last show. No. But I'm I'm still sticking with it. Um, and, like, I'm, I've basically gotten back to the area where we were when we played it together. 
Um, and man, that game's really fun. Yeah, hey, like, hey, remember that time uh, you made me buy it, and then we played like four hours, and then you stopped playing I think we it with me. More than that, I'm fairly certain we played more than four hours. Nope, didn't. Okay, maybe like twelve, but still, I think we played like twelve. Yeah, and I and I something obviously like came up where we we weren't able to play because I'm sure we were still having fun with it. Um, but man, that game is like really fun. It's really fun. So, and you can, like, buy it for nothing now on, on Steam. So, if you see it on sale, listener, and you at all have interest in first-person shooters and you haven't played it yet, which I guess would kind of blow my mind if you're a first-person shooter fan. It's one of, like, the only first-person shooters, though, that I'm I'm finding myself really enjoying when I'm playing it. Because normally I don't, I'm just not a huge first-person shooter fan. Well, good for you. Yeah, so I totally recommend that. It's really fun. Um... So yeah, that's been my your been new my kinda endeavor. Like, yeah, my new kind of like endeavor until the seasons start for Diablo three. In which case, once that happens, whenever that gets off of the right now, they're testing them still. Wait, seasons? But once they go live, what is, does that mean? So Diablo two had this. They had a ladder, um, a ladder system where like basically you start a new character and you level it up as fast as you can. It's kind of the thing. And then they reset the ladders and your character goes away. That was, I think that's how it worked. I never actually did it in Diablo 2. Um, but Diablo 3, they, they hadn't implemented that yet. Well, they are currently in in beta, probably set to go live either in a week or two. And what they're going to be are, they're going to be the same type of idea. There's going to be a the start of the season. If you want to make a seasonal character, you make a new character. It starts from scratch. All of like the all of the um, recipes that you have for your artisans in the game all disappear. Um, all of your extra levels beyond 70 disappear. They're called Paragon levels. All those disappear. Basically, you start the game from complete scratch, like a scratch account. Um, and then there are a bunch... There are feats that you can do if you are participating in, if you are participating in the season. And the first 1,000 people to do these feats get recognition for it. And there's also leaderboards... And they're going to be implementing a, a rift system at the end where you're going to have to go through these rifts and they'll get progressively harder based on how quickly you complete them. And and there'll be a leaderboard for that as well. But one of the interesting things they're doing is they're making loot available. So there's going to be specific loot available only if you are participating in the season. And so it will let you get your hands on some loot that is otherwise not available until the season is over. But I already a, love... Do you need a season pass for this? No. They're just adding it for free in the game. That's weird. Because that's what Blizzard does. Um, And I'm super excited because I love playing the game. I actually have taken a hiatus specifically in anticipation of... Because I, I would love to be playing the game but I've taken a hiatus specifically so I feel, like, completely fresh because I've already got a huge hankering to play it once the seasons start. Wait, did you, did you just say you're hangry to play it? I'm hangry. You're hangry? I'm hangry to play the game. You should eat something so you're less hangry. So, update on uh, update on the 4Job Fiesta. Listener, if you didn't hear about this a couple episodes ago, 4Job Fiesta is a, char- it's a charity event that this dude runs... Um, for uh, Child's Play 
And what it is is it, it's basically a bunch of people playing Final Fantasy V all at the same time with a variety of extra rules. Um, the main extra rule being that you have a part, that you have your party of four characters, and there is a job system in the game. Each person is assigned a job, and they can't. You can only have one of each of those jobs in your party by the end of the game. So that's like the general of like the twenty six jobs in the game. You can only use four of them is kind of the general the general rule. And then there's all these alternate rules as well. And the goal is just to get to the end of the game and beat the boss. All the while, you can update on this website. You can... Um, and again, it's for charity, so they're they're trying to get people to donate money at the same time as all this stuff is going Had on. Hadn't it already reached its goal within like a week? Yeah, and they they have until... Um, the, the whole thing goes on until September. So like I have until September, I want to say, September 1st, something like that, to complete the game. Um, the last time I updated, I had just gotten, I think, through a majority of the first world, um, and I was, I had caught some, I had gotten caught up on a couple of, of bosses, um, just because of some mechanics in the game, like, my party kinda, kinda stinks, um, it's a very offensive focused party, but not very like, I don't have anybody that can take any amount of damage in my party, um, which is a big problem. So, I have since played a bunch, bunch, bunch more of the game, and I am now at the very end, basically. I have the last boss to fight. Um, and I'm just leveling up at the moment. I'm just grinding for grinding for levels just to make it easier on myself. I, actually, I haven't actually even attempted the final boss yet, but I kind of don't want to yet. I'm pretty sure I'm underpowered because there are some random encounters that I'm having problems with still. Um, but there has, like, there was a, a period of time where I just rolled, and it was like in the third, in the third world, there's four worlds in the game, in the third world, um, once I got some new equipment for my characters, I just rolled through the game up until the very end. But there was this one boss in the second world that took me like three hours of of time to finally beat, and it was because I basically with with my party it was kind of a battle of attrition, and my party is not great in its in its in in its current incarnation as any kind of attrition based fight, and so I had to I basically just had to out level this particular boss, which is kind of a shitty way to figure out how to beat these bosses. I think part of the spirit of this is to kind of puzzle solve um, but there was just no possible way I was going to be able to defeat this boss with any amount of trickery or or um, equipment changes or anything like that like I just wasn't going to it was it was not going to be possible so I just kind of had to out level this boss but there have been some other bosses where I have had to do that where I have kind of had to had to had to trick it I've had to um, have like I, I've got a thief in my party and so I stole a bunch of these rings that normally you don't have a lot of in the game, but I just fought a couple of random battles to steal enough of these rings to where I had these rings that the the boss that I was fighting, rather than be a difficult boss for me, would always heal me whenever he used like a certain attack. Nice. Because I had this ring for everybody. And that was a super easy way. I could I could use that strategy anytime I could steal to like play the game again. But if I didn't have a thief in my party, which to this point, the thief has been the wor- by far the worst character in my party. The most useless character. 
but if I, if I hadn't had a thief, I couldn't have used that particular strategy. So it's kind of fun. Like that, those are the, the parts of the game that are really fun. It's really fun to do that. Um, and so I just have the final boss to, to complete. You can actually see some of my updates if you look at my uh, if you look at my Twitter. Uh, that's at Eat Play Game. Um, I haven't updated in a while because I've I've kind of fallen off a little bit from playing the game, um, just with the whole house thing and kind of moving around so much. Um, but you can see my updates uh, on there for the Four Job Fiesta. So it's been again, it's a totally cool thing. Um, I have played Final Fantasy V twice. I've played through it twice to completion. But playing it this way is... It feels completely fresh. Like, it it, it feels like a completely different game when you have to play it this way. That's awesome. I'm glad you yep. are enjoying it, despite the grinding. You're playing it on iPad, right? I am. Okay. The iPad version is great. There's an auto-battle feature that speeds up the um, the combat to beyond highest level speed and just uses all your previous attack as your as your your character's inputs and so you can grind super fast that way so i've been using a lot of that auto battle you talked about and speeding up the game in bravely default lately yes i am that's the easy way right well so if you're done talking about the four job fiesta i am which sounds like you are so I'm still playing Bravely Default. I just reached Chapter 5. Now, based on our initial conversa- one of our initial conversations about Bravely Default, John mentioned the game was a bit easy for his liking at, at times. And for me, it kind of became easy after I started playing certain strategies. So I switched to hard mode. I've been playing the whole game on hard mode. Like, since the first Crystal, I think. The whole game I've had on hard mode. Because there's an easy mode where you get extra battle points normal mode which is standard and still challenging enough but then hard mode where the the enemies are tougher and it's a little less forgiving so whole game i had on hard mode i got to chapter five which you're like two dungeons before chapter five and i really want you to pick up the game again and get to chapter five because i want to see what you think um because we could definitely make a podcast out of it but okay chapter five the difficulty became ridiculous for me i was like level 57 or 58 and I guess 60 is recommended for the very least. So I'm just getting destroyed. So I switched to easy mode and started grinding. Because the enemies were so hard, they were just dominating me. Now Adia is a black mage who knows death. And I have some kind of support ability that lets you use death on the entire enemy party. So anytime I face enemies that are all a lot, like non-zombie creatures, I can pretty much take them all out in one move, which is awesome. But it takes, like, 40,000 experience points to get to the next level, and the most I'm getting from a battle is uh, 4 to 5. So it takes, actually, pretty much 3 to 5. It takes, like, over 11 or 12 battles to gain a level or something crazy sure. like that. So it's, just, it's taking a long time. It's it's a bit of a grind, but I've got my axe to the grinder. I'm okay with it. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm getting lots and lots of job points. So there are a bunch of different jobs in the game. You can level up the jobs. Lots of different jobs. Yeah, lots of jobs. So you can level up the jobs and and things like that. So thanks to our listener, Jamie Butterworth, uh, who I I have a bill linked to my Agnes. Wow, that shouldn't be a sentence. So if you (laughs) upload your data to Nintendo's cloud or whatever, if you upload your data, you just go to the menu, go to update data, it sends all of your 
data through your friends to your friends basically including all your right. job levels and you can abil a link a character with a job level uh, with a, a, a friend with a character of yours and that character it, it lets you use their abilities right right so pretty much when i started the game i got jamie butterworth's finished file in which he had mastered literally every job class so I Abilla linked him with Agnes in, like, Chapter 2 or something. And since Chapter 2, she has had literally every ability in the game um, of jobs that you've unlocked, of course. Like, before I got the ninja job class, I couldn't use the ninja abilities because I, I couldn't select that in my menu. But sure. once each new class became available, she has mastered everything. So thank you, Jamie, for putting her on easy mode a little bit. Uh, I also have... I th- That's pretty awesome. I think I have Jay linked to, like, Tiz or something, and then another... Uh, our friend, My other friend Jordan linked to something else. Ring-a-bell is linked to you, and you need to update your data because my ring-a-bell sucks. <laughs> my ring-a-bell... Ring-a-bell just kind of sucks in general. Well, because you didn't level up his job levels, so you need to go update the data because I know that he is better than what I have... Um, but that's You're probably he, right. he's not doing me any favors. Uh, so the next time you do play the game, just go to update data. It takes a couple seconds, and then I will be better at the game, uh, which is kind of nice. So, but I still like the game a lot. I just there's going to be a lot of grinding at the start of chapter five, and, and that's okay because up until now I sorry that I am making a detriment to your gaming experience. Yeah, I'm, by I'm not sorry updating too. My data. I'm sorry too. Uh, but yeah, it's it's still really fun and good i've begun to really enjoy the voice acting and the soundtrack is still phenomenal so there's my there's both of our rpg updates look at that perfect shovel knight and rpg updates and then i guess there's not really been any gaming news right nothing was like happening in the video game world Mm, really i feel like there was was there something probably we talked about hearthstone all week last week um yeah I put a disclaimer and several. Uh, I put a disclaimer in our audio episode and several annotations in our YouTube episode. But in case you missed it, the esports, e- uh, the International Esports Federation reversed its decision, and they will now have women-only tournaments and everyone included tournaments, mm-hmm. which is what John and I were advocating in the first place. Um, right, they actually did that the night while we recorded of our recording. While we were yeah. recording the podcast, they were having a meeting, which is decided. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people have come up with a counterpoint that, like, why coddle women gamers? Like, why don't you make them just prove themselves like everyone else and go into the gaming, you know, into this kind of men's field? And I hadn't really considered that kind of hard knocks way of thinking prior to seeing those comments. And I thought about it a lot. And at first when they said that, I initially was kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe they're right. Like, maybe... Maybe, like, women should just have to kind of, like, just suck it up and, if they're really passionate, just do it. Um, Right. But that was out of context, out of the context of an oppressively um, misogynistic culture. So I think in some cases that's a very valid argument, but I, I feel like at this point gamer culture is just so impregnable by women. It's ironic because they get pregnant because they're women. Um, I see what you did there. Thank you. That uh, it's so difficult to approach that that's not 
of uh, as viable of an option as creating this women's league. So right, that's kind of my updated counterpoint. Like include the counterpoint opinion on on the whole subject. I don't know if you kind of agree. I do agree with you. Yeah. So I was I was initial I I was not at all swayed by that particular suggestion. Yeah, that's fine. That I, other people I, I'm the kind of person where yeah. basically anytime I hear an opposing point of view, I will listen and often change my mind. And then sometimes I change my mind back. Sometimes I don't. Um, I'm reasonably impressionable. And uh, like, I don't have a lot of really hardcore strong opinions because I, I never, I guess I have very little faith in my own ability to know things, which is why we're called unqualified I, gamers. Cause I, I don't except for Beefaroo being better than Portillo's. Beefaroo is way better than Portillo's. Hands down, that is not an argument. So there there was a, there is a piece of video game news. The uh the Dota 2 International started, which is Dota Dota is another uh game like League of Legends. Um it's probably the second most popular game in the world behind League of Legends in terms of player base. And um what's interesting about this particular tournament is uh Valve makes this game and they fund the prize pool with basically things that they sell for the game to the masses of people. And the current prize pool of the Dota 2 International this year is over $10 million, which is more, and I don't remember if we said this on the podcast, but I definitely told you this. It's more than the prize purse for the Masters this year when the (laughs) Masters happened in April, the golf tournament. Like the yeah. biggest golf tournament of the year, so uh, that has started, and you can actually watch that on Twitch. Uh, it's a it's a long process. It's the type of thing where they have to go through like a group stage, um, and then they get to almost like the World Cup. They go through a group stage, and then they go to a a, a large pool of people, like I think it's sixteen teams, and then they kind of whittle down from there. Um, but one of the things that Dota Two is doing that is awesome i think it is awesome is they have a newcomer stream and the newcomer stream is a stream of the events of the day and you can find this on twitch it's a, it's a stream of the matches and it um is narrated by uh by commentators sorry commentated um in a way for people that know absolutely nothing about dota to watch and enjoy like everything is explained as it is going on, and I actually don't know anything about Dota. I know that it shares a lot of concepts with League of Legends, a game of which I am very passionate about. So I'd probably I probably know like the basics of it, but there are definitely things that are different, and I absolutely plan on checking out the newcomer stream. I think it is such a cool idea because they are these are very complicated games that are oftentimes they are uh, they don't get explored by everybody because the perception is that they are just too complicated and that the um, the communities surrounding them are not very inviting to newcomers. That is phenomenal. That is genius. Isn't that cool? That's some good yeah. marketing. I like that. I approve. Yeah. So it'd even be something that you could, you who have no, really, I don't think you probably have any interest in these types of games, you could go check out and definitely get something out of. I watched the League of Legends Championship Finals simply based on your explanation of the game on our podcast. And I, I didn't understand all of what was going on, but I enjoyed it. So um, yeah, I may check this sure out. It's exciting. It's very cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to close up shop. Uh, so every week we ask what you've been playing, listener. 
Except for last week, because it was Independence Day and I forgot. But yes. But two weeks prior to that, we didn't have an episode because John had stuff going on and I decided to take a break and the Steam Summer Sale was going on and Summer Games Done Quick was going on. So we didn't so we didn't talk about what you played then because I, I polled our listeners two weeks ago and said, what did you get during the Steam Summer Sale or what are you playing this weekend even if you didn't get anything? So um, as kind of a Steam Summer Sale wrap-up, and did you buy any games in the Steam Summer Sale? I actually bought Borderlands 2. That was it. Oh, th- oh, that's it? Okay. Um, I bought... Yeah, it was, on sale for, it was on sale for $10 for Borderlands 2 and all the DLC. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so I was like, well, I... You know, it, I would love to try it again, and I don't have any of the DLC for the PlayStation version, so... Okay. And I've heard there's some really good DLC for it. Yeah. Now, I played... Uh, I I downloaded four top-down vertical shooters. I'm a huge fan of top-down vertical shooters. I will mm-hmm. be reviewing those probably next week. I may even okay. post an article on unqualifiedgamers.com comparing the four um, for just comparison's sake since they're all very different. But let's see what you, listener, got on the Steam Summer Sale. Angel says, thanks to the Steam Summer Sale, I got Max Payne and Max Payne 2. So that's what I'm playing. Might get more stuff, LOL. I hope you did. I've never played a Max Payne, have you? Nope. Okay. Uh, Miles says, just got Killzone Shadowfall, so I'll be playing that. Also got Device 6 and Plague Inc. on my iPhone, so I'll have something to do when I'm out and about. And John has reviewed both of those games. I have talked about both of On this podcast. They're both great. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Uh, obviously. For very different reasons, but they're both great. Yeah, obviously he didn't get those on the Steam Summer Sale, but sure. Uh, Justin was going to play some Pikmin 3 and more Mario Kart 8, so not sale-related, but pretty good games. Have you played Pikmin 3 yet? No. Okay, cool. Got to get to that. Uh, Vintage Gamer was going to play Mass Effect, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy XIII 3, and then in parentheses he said, I need help. He does love him some Lightning Returns, which is fair. I liked it. I said good things about it. He just likes all the Final Fantasy Fabulanova Crystallis. That's true. You haven't started Lightning Returns yet, have you? I have not. You should do that. It's good. Uh, yeah, I can't even get to my PlayStation uh, 3 right now because it's there's so much shit in my basement. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's... I, can, I literally can't. I literally cannot get to it right now. Okay, fine. That's a reasonable excuse. Uh, Liam said he hasn't gotten anything on the sale yet. The only games he wanted had Uplay in them, so I took a pass. <laughs> Isn't Uplay Ubisoft's, like, online thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... Is there, like, a... What's the story behind that? I've seen some people trash-talking it. I don't think there's a story behind it. It's actually not... T- their, theirs is not terrible origin is not origin is ea's version of it that's also not terrible the big problem is is that they like steam just has it figured out so well and they're they're just not willing to like copy their sales structure or anything on any of these other platforms um but basically what it is is like you can't play their games without going to their proprietary platform okay ubisoft's being you play and then um EA's being uh, Origin. Okay, so it's kind of like a company that's not Nintendo trying to release a successful portable handheld game device. Sure, sure. There's pretty much no point. 
Yep. Cool. All right. And then Christopher said he was going to play tons of Skyrim, Binding of Isaac, Might and Magic, Duel of Champions, Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing, New Leaf, and We Party You, which sounds great. I hope you got to all of those. Oh, except using your analogy, the, the, the problem, though, is that there are some games like Assassin's Creed 4 where you just like you want to get it on Uplay. You want to you if you want to play the game, you you kind of ha- you have to use Uplay. And that's a game that people want to play. Annoying. That is annoying. Yeah. I am a robot and I reject that idea because I am a robot and I find that annoying. Wow, did you see that robot walk by a minute ago? Crazy. I really hate doing this with you sometimes and that like it's all the time. It's like every time we do this. Do what? Yeah, anybody else play anything? Is that everybody? No, no one else is playing any video games. Anything in the world. Pretty much. Excellent. Pretty much. So please subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. We really appreciate it. And check out unqualifiedgamers.com for lots of cool stuff. Yeah, I think we, we've definitely slowed down a little bit, but it is the summer months, and I think that is very typical for us, isn't it? I mean, our podcast is still weekly. I posted a Let's Play of yep. Shovel Knight. Um, I'll oh, get some more content true. when I have time to produce it, which who knows when. But in the meet, but we also right. have some people helping us out with content. Uh, Christopher and Vintage Gamer, our listeners, have contributed articles to our website. Um, with which some, is pretty cool. Yeah, very awesome. Thank you again so much for that. Um, so little miniature reviews, some op-eds on stuff. Um, so... You know, we've always got new stuff coming out on either our YouTube channel or our website. Always really active on Google+. Plus. Um, so yep. there's, there's plenty to, to, to keep track of. Um, and we encourage you to do so on all social media. It's not true. We're not on Facebook because I hate Facebook. But you can stumble upon us. Can you? We're on Stumble Upon. We're on Stumble Upon, right? I haven't registered us can on Stumble d- Upon. Can you dig us? You know, I don't know what that means. I know it's a thing, but I don't dig things. Okay. What if we what if we what if we renamed our podcast Doug Qualified Gamers and then you could dig Doug Qualified Gamers. Think you like that? Did you dig that? Yeah, I think that's it.